it's your home, and I need to ask you a few favors. In the kitchen, there's a spider stuck between the window and the screen, and I know it's dead, and technically it's outside, but it's still freaking me out. Can you flick it out or something? Also, just to save some money and it's super easy, could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico? Last thing, could you take the holiday decorations down? Yeah, I'm one of those. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Welcome to El Telejohn's La Liga Weekly. Can Real Madrid be stopped? Benzema channel the spirit of Guti to set up a win over bottom club Espanyol, who had Rufete in charge, the man who appointed and sacked three other managers this season and then decided that he was the answer. Is there a worse run club around? Well, Betis give them a good run for their money. Ruby sacked, a bit rude in the circumstances, and they were then hammered by uh, Levante. What about Valencia, where reportedly the centre-forward tried to headbutt the manager? The graphics department need to get some white handkerchiefs fluttering in the fake crowds around La Liga. Now, I'm not saying that you lot are cynical, but it would seem that almost everybody thinks Arta Mello being valued at €80 million Euros and Pjanic at 70 million euros is some sort of dodge around financial fair play. How dare you? There's a whole list of reasons why those valuations make perfect sense. Um, um, uh, actually, if the UEFA investigators do look at the deal, Barca can always point to how much they paid for Dembele and Coutinho as evidence that they have no idea of how to value a player. Luckily for Barca, uh, Nolito has joined the goalkeepers' union and he finishes like a goalkeeper these days. So Celta Vigo only took one point uh, from Barcelona. Real Madrid are two clear, two and a half, if you like, because of the, the head-to-head uh, advantage. Terry is here. He is on 49 games and counting. So we're valuing Terry 150 billion quid just for accountancy purposes, obviously. Uh, help us get around the, uh, help us get around the, the FFP, Terry. So um, can we talk about the back heel? Um, there's a lot of um, chat about whether it's a better back heel than Guti. No. Um, <laughs> because but here's, here's why Guti, here's what that Guti back, the, the Guti back heel to Benzema is pure artistry because he, he shouldn't have done it. It was, it was yeah. you know, he should have just had a shot at goal. But that's the, the very definition of art is something that you, li- you like, something that's beautiful, but you didn't need. And... Benzema is actually tonight. It was actually a sensible way to pass the ball to Casemiro for that goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that the two. Don't get me wrong. It's a great piece of skill from Benzema. He's he has to do that. He's he's going in the wrong direction. He, he's aware he's got the the awareness to know that a teammate was was running in behind, and somehow the the only option for him was to try and try and get it into his you know direction of what it was Casemiro. And it, it's a great back heel. There can be no doubt in that. But uh, I didn't think for one second. It didn't instantly remind me of Gooties. Gooties was through on goal with a goalie to be. And kids to shoot. And then just slightly steps on it, back heels it. And it, it, it wrong-footed everybody. Um, that was, you know, that's still one of my, my greatest memories of, of La, La Liga football, if I'm being honest. The, the back heel from Gooties against Deportivo La Coruña. Um, no, I think it was excellent piece of skill from Benzema. It was a, a, a match-winning piece of skill. Um, does he get a little bit fortunate as well that it goes through the defender's legs? I don't think for one second 
he's thinking, if I backheel this, I can nutmeg the defender. Mm. I think he, he's taking a chance and he, he's, he's, you know, he's gambling if he backheels it. The, the defender probably wasn't expected it, expecting it, um, but it does go through the defender's legs. Like on, on many occasions, we see the attackers shoot for goal and the defender spreads himself and it goes between his legs. There are a few times where the attackers do that on purpose. But trust me, a lot of the time it is, is basically down to just that split second where the defender puts himself in that position. He keeps his legs closed, he blocks it. But there are occasions where if you stick your right leg out, your left leg out, you block it. So I think it was it was a brilliant piece of skill. It was the highlight of the match. It wasn't a very good match. Um, but Real Madrid just keep getting the job done. And Benzema is proving to be a really important player for them in this current run of victories that they're having since the, the season resumed. Yeah, getting the job done is the description, isn't it? They they keep on doing it. A little bit of VAR uh, assistance along the way as well, it must be said. Although tonight, the game that we've just watched now, uh, they could have had. There was a, a bit of a 50-50 that could have gone their way and they didn't, and they scored pretty soon after that anyway. So it doesn't fit uh, the narrative uh, tonight's game. But uh, we, I think we need to discuss it, Terry. Has there been... Have, have they had an undue amount of fortune with the video assistance? Well, I think it's six out of six have gone their way. So, yes, clearly, that has good fortune has gone their way. But I have a theory on this that since the resumption, and I know you joked about me watching the 49 games, it's true, (laughs) um, I've not seen a decision overturned by VAR. Now, there's been some horrendous decisions made by the referees, Um, mostly involving penalties. Um, I would say even probably the Carvajal foul against Mallorca. I thought that was was a clear foul. Even the marker um, referee, um, Anduha, he said it was a foul, clear foul. I think you could see Carvajal's intention on that one was to put a stop to a counter-attack, and he did that. Referee didn't get a foul, and they score. But when you look back, it should have been a foul. it wasn't shoulder to shoulder, it was a shoulder in the back. Um, but I, I'm seeing an extraordinary amount of penalty decisions which have gone, and not just to Real Madrid, um, to all clubs. Atletico Madrid got one last night. I think Juventus' penalty um, was, when you saw the replay, you're thinking, well, VR, VAR are going to overturn that. They didn't. Messi's penalty not awarded against Celta Vigo. That should have been a penalty. When you see that on VAR, you're thinking... That should have been a penalty. The penalty that Messi got against Levante. Trying to recollect the games. Forgive us if we make any mistakes. It's that type of run of football matches. Um, but I thought that might have been the earlier foul was the foul, but it was outside the box and Messi falls in the penalty here. When you see VAR, you look at it and you think that's going to be a foul, but outside the box, they don't overturn it. So I'm wondering if the VAR officials are under quarantine, whether those face masks are getting over their way. They've got them across their eyes. But there's, there's, <laughs> they're not. They seem to be going all out to back the referee, which is, is very different to what we had earlier in the season. So I think it's, Real Madrid are going to be involved in more because more attacking action. Um, but there are other, there's there's lots of decisions that we, we could talk about that you know people I thought Abar scored the goal against Hatafe that should have been allowed that was ruled offside when you saw the the lines it it was so close. Um, so I, are are you alleging Terry that the 
are you alleging that the VAR isn't actually there and, and they, yeah, they're just yeah. pretending there's a VAR? <laughs> yeah. and, and, they, and so they're going through the whole procedure, it, finger to the ear yeah. and nothing um, there. Yeah. Mouth, in, mouth into someone, telling people to wait, I'm listening and there's nothing yeah. there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure it's there, but it's just a new um, procedure. We're, we're, we're not even seeing the referees going across and checking themselves anymore, are we? No, no. Those, the, yeah, those, it's got those, very light yeah. touch. All those decisions um, I, I've been talking about, they're, they're, we haven't seen any of those where the referee's gone across and looked. Um, the, the one where Messi gets cleaned out, having had his shot, is, is something that particularly, it's always annoyed me in football, this. Um, anywhere else on the pitch, if you pass the ball, if you cross the ball, or if you clear the ball, and then you get whacked, <laughs> it's it's a foul. But yeah. if you shoot and then get taken out, that's far. That's not in the laws of the game, is it? It's not in the laws of the game. It says you're allowed to total someone after he's had a shot. But and you can that, see that challenge coming as well. So if impedes yeah. your shot, yeah, because you're thinking I'm going to get clumped here. So yeah. you do it quicker or you, you, you rush the technique as opposed to, you know, taking your shot thinking he, he can't clean me out after this because it'll be a penalty. No, it's, it's for some reason it, it was... I mean, when you saw that in the replay, it's a clear 100% a foul. And mm. it would be anywhere else in the pitch, as you said, but in the penalty area. No, he had his shot and he went over the bar. So, it, it you know, the, yeah, advan- people- the advantage goes to Celta. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and people actually say, in so many words, oh, he got his shot away. Yeah. But that, that's not part of the law. That's, no. That's, yeah. um, right, so uh, Real Madrid have got, well, they've got Hetafe, uh, Athletic Away, Alaves, Granada, Villarreal, Leganes. Um, are, are they, how many points are they dropping? Are, are they, is, is this all done? Well, we come back with 11 games to go. If they win all 11, then 100% they deserve to, to, yeah. to win the league. And, and probably if they're on a run of nine straight wins, that will probably be enough because, you know, I, I, I do think Barcelona would drop more points. I wouldn't have predicted Real Madrid to win all 11. Um, and I probably wouldn't predict them to win all 11. I think there's one or two games there. We've seen the last couple of games, Mallorca, it was a 2 0 win. It was comfortable, but it wasn't spectacular. The the win against Espanyol was relatively comfortable, but they're living on a little bit of edge at the end. If Espanyol had a little bit more courage um, to, to actually go direct and maybe push one of the central defenders forward to do something different from what they've been doing, put a bit of pressure on Real Madrid, that might have been different. So I, I don't think you can... There are games where you favour Real Madrid, you favour Barcelona, but I think this, with the season that we've had, where they those two you know giants have failed to win so many games that the, the potential is there and, and you know but I think that the Real Madrid are in outstanding form the best team currently in La Liga and you know they're on a run of victories which are, are slowly but surely now you know striding them away from Barcelona the reason I say I don't expect them to have to win all eleven from when we started to the end of the season is because of the the, the signs that we're seeing from from Barcelona where I don't think they're going to be able to, even if Real Madrid were to drop points or to lose lose a game, I, I think that Barcelona are not playing well enough. They don't have a, a system. I don't see any guidance from Setien um, to suggest that they, for instance, they play Atletico Madrid midweek. You know, they've got some other tough games coming up as well. So Real Madrid are big favourites. And if, if they were to win the last 11 league games, then 
you, you can't deny that they, you know, they deserve to, to, to win it. Uh, shall we have a look at that Celta Vigo Barca game? It's actually one of the most entertaining ones, wasn't it? Since the the, the restart, uh, lots of fun, great invention in the, the the messy free kick to Suarez. Bit of controversy along the way, um, missed wasted opportunities for for Celta Vigo as well as the the goals they scored, and then a, an absolute sitter at the end missed by Nolito. So you know a game with with plenty of entertainment but not, uh, not a grade-A performance by any means from Barca. Oh, miles away from it. I think to, to be ahead twice at a team that, OK, they're in a decent, they've had a decent week, um, but the, the control that Barcelona should have when they took the lead, not once, but twice. But there was no control there in order to you know, close out the game, make sure you don't concede any more goals. Um, no, it was open, it was end-to-end stuff. And, and Celta, we know, have the players to cause Barcelona problems. So there was a lack of awareness, game management from Barcelona that was utterly ridiculous. I have to say I'm astonished at the drastic deterioration in Samuel Umtiti. And mm. when you see his part in the first goal, it is, is I, I, with all due respect to schoolboy footballers, it was <laughs> it really was... A schoolboy error. It really was. I mean, to see him jump out of his position at centre half to go and close someone down when he's got no chance of getting there, then leaves a massive hole um, for, for players to run through. And then when you saw the his recovery run, Rakitic run past him. Mm. Now I, I know in a foot race, I know who I'm going to back all day long in that situation. Rakitic run past them, Titi, who jogged. He was half pace running back towards goal. So I, I had long thought that maybe, you know, when he got back to fitness, he would be the, the better choice alongside PK. But I think Lengley is, is miles more dependable. And uh, I, I'm just I'm shocked at the deterioration in Umtiti. Um, that was just one mistake I'm talking about that he made yesterday. He made so many mistakes, so many basic errors that you just I just I, I don't understand it. Um how a player can just suddenly completely lose form and almost looks like he's, he's got a poor attitude now. As I say, the, the run back towards his own goal, people possibly are not looking at it, but if because you're looking at the action, you're looking at the square pass um, it, to, for them to... It was Aspas, wasn't it, to Smoloff? So Aspas yeah. just run from behind and Umtiti was standing next to PK. PK was to the right of him, no problem. Umtiti just sort of runs towards the ball and leaves that massive hole. Um, and as I said, and, and the recovery run is, is, is diabolical. And also, you have to look at Griezmann's performance when he came on and his performance in the last week or so. It's, you know, I, I, I don't often pick players out, single players out, but you have to have some more about you. So, Stegen might come in for a little bit of criticism. I heard one or two people say he needed more players in the wall. They had five. That's enough. Maybe he positioned it. He took liberties with not moving it, shuffling it across maybe another half a yard. So it made it even more difficult for Aspas to bend around. But then when you see Griezmann jump up and in and turn his back, mm. if he stands still, it's going to hit him on the shin. Now, for Aspas to bend it over the wall and beat Ter Stegen, he's left-footed, it's going to drift towards Ter Stegen. So there's no need for the wall to jump in those circumstances. The wall pretty much has to jump in the middle of goal. But when it's to one side and it's a left-footed player and it's, he's going to swing it 
then it, it doesn't need to jump. But the the, no, the, the jump of Griezmann is up and in and turning his back and, and it goes around Griezmann. If you stand still... Players do that all the time, don't they? Or What always strikes me, if you're a defender blocking a shot, you don't... You, you look at the ball, don't you? If you're a goalkeeper saving the shot, you look at the ball. Yeah, so goalkeepers know, don't jump up in the air before the shot goes, do they? No, and turn their back on it, do they? Or yeah, well, terrible no. goalkeepers might. So <laughs> if he if he looked at that ball, he would have just stuck out a foot and cleared yeah. it, I think. Yep, right leg. He got him in the shin and Barcelona win the game. Um, yeah. So it was it was dreadful. But, I mean, it's, it's not just them. I mean, we, we're talking about the good performances yesterday. Ricky Puj was good. Fatty was good. Messi and Suarez were leading the line as, as good as you, you could expect them to. Um, Semedo, I thought, was all right. PK, considering he was alongside him, Titi was poor. And on that side of the defence, I thought Jordi Alba was poor as well. So you got the whole left side of Barcelona's defence yesterday against Celta was was struggling big time. So it, it's Kike Seti and is is steering it, <laughs> clinging on for dear life. But he he can't turn it left. He can't turn it right. He can't do anything he wants. He's just literally. He's picking a team from game to game and, and hoping that quality in attack will get them through. So it's uh, it's going to be a toss of the coin to see how they've gone against Atletico. Um, um, Atletico, they won't be flying. So before we leave Barca, though, Chigupta says Barca don't deserve the title. Selling Artur is a sign of a club that's lost its identity. And there is a, there's a lot of chat. I put it out on, on Twitter for the vote. Most people's... Um, say that it's an accountancy thing, that they're valued so high. It's a strange... I, I can sort of see it. I, I read an article by uh, an Italian-based um, journalist about Pjanic, who hasn't done so well this season. I, I, we know Pjanic, but I, I don't know him you know, in that real sort of intricate detail of how he plays. Uh, but apparently he hasn't fitted into Sarri's system in the Jorginho uh, role the way that very that register, I think they call it, they're sort of the, the deep line playmaker, and he hasn't yeah. done that very well. So they're hoping that uh, Artur will do that. Um, what Barca get out of it, I don't know because he's obviously seven years. And then this bizarre, I, I, what's the point of FFP if clubs can just overvalue players? And it, it just seems that these two players are massively overvalued in this deal at 80 million and 70 million euros which obviously then so they're both able to then write in a profit in their transfer column which gives them more leeway to spend money they obviously have to pay more tax because they've made more profit but obviously FF, you know, for a rich club the the financial fair play is a greater limit to you a, a greater um yeah limit on your spending than than paying taxes so it, it just seems a bit of a, a weird dodge and a slightly odd transfer particularly from Barca's point of view but it does, and also if you remember, we had the the goalkeeper swap with Valencia as well, didn't we? With yeah. Sillison leaving Barcelona's bench and Neto coming the other way, and the, both of them were valued at, at thirty million. Yeah. Now it, 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 it's pretty obvious, you know, that, that it, it's it's what they're trying to do, because if you're Barcelona and you sell your goalkeeper for thirty million, which is probably a decent price for for Sillison. Then you, you for a second choice goalkeeper, surely there must be some around for 10, 15 mm. that can do the job that Pinto did for years. Um, and likewise with, with Artur, if he is valued at 80 million, I'm sure if you look around the other clubs around Europe or even in La Liga, um, you could spend the money wisely on someone younger than Pjanic or maybe two players. 
Um, so it is, it, it's, you know, it is strange how that's working out. The seven-year difference in age is an issue, but also I think that the form of Artur, um, again, has drastically deteriorated since he, he first joined Barcelona, where he was being compared to Xavi, and, and you could see why. Um, but in the, the last 12 months, his form, his improvement has come to a halt. And, you know, clearly he's not, you know, the, the finding the form that Barcelona require. So perhaps I understand that, you know, if if it was if you, a standalone transfer, if Juventus come in for 80 million, I could see why Barcelona would do it. But it, it's it's not it's it's not working out that way. So it's and also I think the timing is strange. He's in Turin, he's practically signing for Juventus, and he's coming back to finish the season with Barcelona. When has mm. that become okay? I get it when players are out of contract. Um, and we're getting to that time of the month, aren't we, where players think Abar are losing Escalante to Lazio. Um, Oriana has signed for Via de Lid, so we're seeing them play their last games. Fortunately, they're safe. Um, but with a player that's under contract, why is this Why is this, this rush to get it done? Um, and he's still got to come back and play six more league games for Barcelona. He won't be playing in the Champions League now. I think that's... That is that's gone, so that weakens their chances. They haven't got enough numbers to start releasing players before the, you know, the end of the season and the Champions League. So it's, it's, the timing is really strange as well. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and do the the best of the rest. University of Maryland Global Campus has been serving the military in Maryland and around the world for more than 70 years and online for over 20 years. UMGC offers more than 90 programs and specializations in career-relevant fields, transfer credits, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, and scholarships for those who qualify. Speak with our dedicated military and veteran advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. So welcome back. Let's have a look down at the bottom where I'm afraid to say the excitement level is is diminishing slightly. We have a bit of a breakaway. We have Mallorca on 26, Leganes 25 and uh, Espanyol 24. And then so those bottom three are, well, Mallorca are eight points behind Celta Vigo with six games to play, which feasibly, feasibly they won't, none of those teams will get to 34, Terry. This, it could literally be done now, the, the relegation uh, situation. And the form of those bottom three, nothing there suggests a, a dramatic escape. No, I think what we've seen, in, it's similar to what we've seen in the Premier League, but... In the three teams at the bottom, have barely picked up a point, same as the Premier League. But in the Premier League, there's four or five teams, isn't there, that can't win a game. Yeah. Where these three have been unfortunate is that they haven't picked up hardly any points, yet Celta have, Eibar have, have done particularly well. 
via De Lude to keep nicking a point here and there, you know, getting theirself to safety. Alvarez have slipped down, but they're 35 points. They're nine clear. So I, I hate to say it. We had this big build-up, didn't we, before we come back about the league mm. title race, which is still on, clearly still on. Um, will Atletico jump into the middle eight? Will they make it into the Champions League? That's done and dusted. And now we've got the bottom three. It was it was a six seven team battling uh, club uh, six seven teams battling against relegation. And now with six games to go, it's done. Um, Mallorca, Leganes, Espanyol. I have no chance whatsoever of catching Celta, Alaves, Eibar now. So congratulations to Eibar and Celta in particular um, for for playing their way out of trouble. I mean, not you know they're not relying on the teams below not winning matches, and you know Celta have done well to pick up wins. Abar have done fantastically well, so it's compound, compounded the problem for the bottom three. And yeah, there's I have no doubt now that's the, the the three teams that are going down currently hold the positions in 18th, 19th, and twentieth. So Champions League places next. Let's have a look at that. So Atletico. Uh, terrific run. Is it four? Have we written down four straight four. wins? Is it for Atletico? Yeah, yeah. A four and a draw um, since we went back. Yeah, so you know, terrific. So as as you say, I mean, in a sense, sealed by a controversial penalty uh, against uh, Alaves, but they, you know, they, they have been good, haven't they? And and they have been one of the teams that have sort of bounced back and benefited from having very good subs. Oh, incredibly, and benefited from a new player in Marcus Urenzi. Did you did you know he was as quick as that? People answer us on social media because they know he's been a favourite of mine for some time. I thought he could play. I liked what he did in midfield. I liked his performances at Alaves. Um, I never knew he was this quick. I mean, it's probably been four seasons now. I've been watching Yorenti play, and I never knew he had that. He was he's lightning. He's so quick. I mean, I, I, you just don't see it. What you see in the midfield players is box-to-box player like him. is box-to-box. You look for technique. Midfield players normally run at sort of three-quarter pace up and down the pitch. You know, they might little sharp bits to go and close someone down. But when he opens his legs and sets off and does a 30-yard run, which he did on a couple of occasions last night, that people couldn't, they couldn't stay with him. And it's astonishing. So... I mean, fair play to Simeone. I mean, they know how quick a player is. They they do tests and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's taken me by surprise. And he's become so important. I love the fact that Costa's rattling a few cages again and, and looks up for the fight. If only Morata had half of that spirit. Um, uh-huh. So, no, you know, Atletico are solid at the back again. Excellent midfield. Whoever plays up front does a good job. If it's Costa and Urenti at the moment, Gio Felix, that do nicely. Carrasco's playing well. Um, one or two disappointments. In, I think Correa could do better. Morata could do better. But no, it's a solid squad. And, and the subs that are coming off the bench, you know, certainly, you know, they've got, uh, compared to Barcelona, for instance, Barcelona filling their squad with youngsters we've not heard of. They're not going to get on. Um, Atletico, every player on their bench is an international and, and you know, looking the part. So, it's great when I fall from Atletico and, you know, they've taken themselves four points above Sevilla. So Atletico, I think, will finish third. Um, as you said, it's a shame we haven't got more of a relegation battle, but it's unfortunate on the teams that have been picking up points and, and you get what you deserve in the end. Uh, let's have a look today's game. We're not going to have a chance to go through every team just because we're we've got a, we're on the clock a bit. Uh, but Villarreal uh, to Valencia nil. So two teams going very, very... Uh, different directions. 
And, uh, I mean, Alcacer's goal was the first one. Really lovely finish. Great goal. But the, yeah. second, the, the second goal, Terry, overshadowed it. And we, describe the second goal that Villarreal scored today. Well, it, Senho comes out of his penalty area. And he must be sweeping up, cleaning up a, a ball over the top. And he just hoofs it downfield. He's not doing it to Stegen. And it goes miles up in the air. And Kazorda runs from deep. So he beats the offside trap. The ball comes down just outside the penalty area. Mm-hmm. And it literally comes down out the sky, even in this weather in Spain. It had snow on it. <laughs> and, and Kazorda controls it first time with the inside of his foot to look for a square pass to Gerard Moreno, who's on the edge of the box. And then Moreno volleys it in on the fault. It doesn't touch the ground from when it leaves the Senho's boot. And the touch is just, it's to die for. I mean, it really is. It's a pass and a first touch like that. I, I you know, Kazorda, it just continues to amaze. Not only the quality, we, we know that. But it, I think he's played 38 games again this year. I think he's got sent out 12 goals, loads of assists. He played 88 minutes today. It was 95 degrees in that match. So I think when I'm looking at the games now and assessing them, I'm thinking this is a bit slow. I check the weather and it's coming up 33, 34, 35 degrees. We, we, we underestimate that. So for a 35-year-old to be running around in that heat, playing as well as he does and coming up with that incredible touch was, you know, it's, it, it's amazing what Cazola has done. And of course now when you see the last half an hour of the game today, he's playing alongside Bruno Soriano. That's it's mm, ridiculous. Mm. They're 35, 36-year-old, and Soriano looks exactly the same as he did three years ago. So I'm hoping he sticks around longer than just the rest of the season, which is is a rumour that he's going to retire. I hope to to see him stick around longer because I know Cazorla's going to be playing again next season. So it was a, a great win for VRL. They're playing excellent. They're getting great results. They're climbing up the table. They're th- three points behind Sevilla now, so... In the form they're in, every chance of, of overtaking Sevilla. Um, and for Valencia, I'm afraid, I, I now we're seeing the managers being sacked, Ruby, Abelardo. I, I don't expect Salades to be in charge for the next game, if I'm being honest. Right, OK. Um, so, uh, I've got a couple of... Uh, Aaron says, how is Salades still there? Incredible. Ollie <laughs> says, as much as Salades looks like the Spanish version of Gary Neville, a supply teacher... When the, teacher, when the players are all taking the mick, uh, the constant changes of manager give no accountability to the players at Valencia. Good ownership is one of the best advantages in football. It's just it, They just keep on making mistakes, don't they? And a couple of times in recent seasons, they've had the right manager in, in Nuno and then mm-hmm. Marcelino. And both times, it's the club that has, has just sacked a good manager and then appointed worse ones. Yeah, when you see him, he looks in pain all the time, doesn't he, Salades on the bench? He looks like it's torture. Um, He doesn't look like a manager who's enjoying one second of his job. It's a job that's too big for him at this stage of his career. I hope he goes on, recovers, and comes back to to manage at that level again. But it was was a wrong choice. I mean, he was an under-21 international manager, very little club management experience. Could be a good coach. Um, I understand, supposedly, he has a, a good reputation as a coach. But it was it was a leap too far, and and you're right. They've had good managers and moved them on, and that some of their choices haven't been particularly great or particularly wise, I would say. Um, and I don't think this one was. I mean, I see him now; he's suffering on the bench. 
we're hearing all sorts of stories about the, the players and, and how they're reacting to him. I see all the players with their shoulders slumped, all feeling sorry for themselves, lack of fight in, in the, the teams. You know, if they go a goal behind, the quality isn't there. The, I think there's an ageing team as well. Um, so I, I think there's there's big problems at Valencia and, and it's not going to be resolved this season. I don't think they're going to get into Europe. I think teams are playing better than them. Um, and I just see their troubles on the roads continuing for the rest of the season. And as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Saladis makes way this week. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left, Terry. So give us a give us an overall impression of what you've seen. Obviously, it's been a week or so, which is a lot of games um, since we last uh, did a podcast. Um, I think the it was very miserly for goals. It was better today, wasn't it? We, we we picked up you know decent uh, some very very good goals. Obviously, uh, we're talking about Valencia. The the Gedesh goal was exceptional. The goal today, the, the Benzema one uh, in the previous game, the back heel in in the Real Madrid game today. So we've seen flashes of quality. What have you made of the overall the overall picture of La Liga since we've been back? Well, I think one or two teams are looking tired now. I think Granada fall into that category. Hatafe haven't yet got up to fitness and sharpness. Um, Betis along the same lines as Valencia, looking an absolute mess at the moment. It's a cracking game to watch. I mean, it's 4-2 to Levante. They were 4-0 up. And I'm not being funny. So I think Levante had four or five attempts at goal and scored all four. And they were all great chances. Defensive play from Betis was ridiculous. The caretaker manager slings wingers. Um, he's playing wing-backs, but they're playing up high up on the wing. Three centre-halves haven't got a clue what they're doing. Levante just left players in behind, exploited the space, scored so easily on the first three attacks they had in the game. And then Betis could have won it still. It was 4-0. Hmm. Betis got back to 4-2 and they missed you know, two or three good chances. Ita Fernandez made good saves. It was a great game to watch. But again, I think this, the, the three at the back with wingers, wing-backs, Mallorca did it as well. And they tried to do it against Real Madrid. You're asking for trouble, you know. So it's courageous, adventurous, but it's foolish. And Betis, you know, got, you know, come unstuck doing that. As I said, Granada looked tired. Osasuna have been really good since the return. And the, we mustn't forget to mention the performance of their striker, Enric Gallego. Couple of mm-hmm. goals in, in their win. Um, the first one, spectacular overhead kick. A, a, a dramatic winner in the last minutes with a header from a corner. Um, he had a black eye when he finished. He'd given the, both the centre-halves and the goalkeeper a black eye as well. It was a real good old-fashioned centre-forward performance. So it, it's been a good weekend. I'm just slightly, you know, sorry that we, we're not going to get that relegation battle we hoped for. But there's other things in the league, certainly up for grabs at the moment. Yes, and uh, a round of games coming up. So I think we should probably meet up. With, well, elect- we're not actually in the same room, are we? So uh, we, we can... Uh electronically meet up again. Yes, we, 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 we're we still being good. I, I know you might look yeah. around the Britain and the general deterioration, people at the beach and celebrating things and all sorts. And Anyway, um, we're, we're, we're still doing our best, aren't we, Terry? And we yeah. will um, be back together again. So enjoy all your, your football. Obviously, outstanding game, uh, <laughs> Barcelona versus Atletico, which is the UK time, nine o'clock kickoff on Tuesday. And then uh, Real Madrid in action against Hetafe. Uh, so big games. So we'll let all of those games be played and we'll have another look at how La Liga sits there. So, Terry, enjoy your football. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. 
You've counted down the seconds. Now make every second count for you. University of Maryland Global Campus will help you wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to a new year where you take the next step in your education. Whether you want to study business, cybersecurity, healthcare, or IT, University of Maryland Global Campus can help. Apply by January 31st and we'll waive your application fee. Learn online. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev.